Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Tuesday, November 14th, 2017. Did you hear about it? Bishop Albino Luciani, also known as Pope John Paul I, who had a rather brief stint in the Vatican in August and September of 1978, has been declared venerable by Francis and is now on track for beatification, which would make him blessed. And uh, once he has attained that, well, of course, the last step is canonization, the declaration of sainthood. And why shouldn't he be declared a saint before long? I mean, he physically occupied the chair of St. Peter for 33 days and smiled the whole time. He was known as the Smiling Pope. So what more proof do you need that he was a saint? Well, In his declaration of November 9th, Francis recognized the, quote, heroic virtues of the servant of God, John Paul I, unquote. What were those heroic virtues, we wonder? I have no idea, but I do know that the following accomplishments of John Paul I were certainly not among them. He abolished the solemn papal coronation ceremony, replacing it instead with a mere installation, He stopped using the gestatorial chair and only resumed its use after people complained that they could no longer see their pope. He was the first in 2,000 years of Christendom to use a curious papal double name because he couldn't decide which of his two modernist predecessors he admired more, John XXIII or Paul VI. And then, John Paul I declared that God is our mother more than our father. He called the Southern Baptist, then U.S. President Jimmy Carter, a fervent Christian. And he praised the Italian Satanist Josue Carducci during a Sunday Angelus address. And he managed to do all that in just 33 days and still convinced people that he was holy. Well, come to think of it, maybe that is rather miraculous. In any case, John Paul I is the last of the four deceased Novus Ordo antipopes to make the list of candidates for sainthood. With John XXIII and John Paul II already canonized and Paul VI beatified, we wouldn't want Albino Luciani to leave a glaring gap, now would we? And you know the only reason Ratzinger's cause hasn't been opened yet is that he's still alive. And as soon as Francis gets called to judgment, half the globe is going to demand his instant canonization. You know, it's really amazing, but the Novus Ordo sect has had nothing but saints at the top. Could have fooled me. They haven't had a bad apple yet, huh? Unlike the Catholic Church, where we're not afraid to admit that just because you're a real pope doesn't mean you're holy. And that's okay. Well, of course, he's supposed to be holy, but his personal holiness is not the reason for his authority or infallibility. Every real pope, whether saint or sinner, is equally pope. That's the beauty of the papacy. God himself guarantees it. And that guarantee has nothing to do with the occupant's personal holiness, his charisma, temperament, suitability, or anything else. Now, of course, he does have to be a Catholic in order to be a real pope, and that's where Francis and his predecessors of unhappy memory fail miserably. On another note, 
recognize and resist propagandist Christopher Ferreira has recently given credence to an idea talked about by Antonio Sochi that was originally advanced by Massimo Cacciari, that Benedict XVI, with his supposed pontificate, arrested the advance of the Antichrist. Here's a quote from Ferreira's Fatima Perspective, number 1057, from July 26th of this year. Quote, Alluding to the title of the book Attack on Ratzinger, written three years before Benedict's resignation, Sochi suggests that the attack on Benedict XVI, the rejected rock of Peter, which culminated in his abdication, is part of the final attack on the Catholic Church by the anti-Christian powers and ideologies of this world. Cacciari, Sochi continues, calls the church over which Benedict presided the katekon, a Greek word which appears in St. Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, meaning the great sign of opposition to the advance of the Antichrist, which has the power to put the brakes on that advance. Cacciari maintains that Pope Benedict renounced the ministry of the Bishop of Rome because he was convinced that he could no longer succeed in containing the powers of Antichrist within the Catholic Church. As St. Augustine said, Antichrists are in each one of us. This is a key to the decision by Ratzinger, if we want to view it in all its seriousness. His decision is of one piece with the crisis of politics, of the power that breaks the advance of Antichrist. So she concludes that with Benedict's renunciation, it would appear that the church as catechon, that is, as the power that arrests the Antichrist's advance, was totally dissolved, unquote. Now, this is bizarre for a number of reasons. First, because according to Catholic tradition, the power which restrains the advance of the Antichrist is the papacy, not any particular pope, but all popes inasmuch as they are valid holders of the papal office. So if the restraining force of the Antichrist ended with Benedict XVI, then Ferreira would have to conclude that Francis is not a valid pope, because if he were, then he too would be restraining the advance of the Antichrist by virtue of his office. Secondly, of course it is quite absurd to suggest that the false popes of the Novus Ordo from John XXIII through Benedict XVI restrained the Antichrist powers of the world. In fact, it is these five men who helped to hasten the approach of the Antichrist more than anyone else in history. Remember what Ferreira wrote in February of 2005, shortly before the death of John Paul II, about Joseph Ratzinger, the future Benedict XVI, quote, Yes, our only friend in the Vatican has struck again. More and more it becomes apparent that this man is perhaps the most industrious ecclesial termite of the post-conciliar epoch, tearing down even as he makes busy with the appearance of building up. The longer Ratzinger guards Catholic doctrine, the more porous the barriers that protect it become. Indeed, as I have pointed out more than once on these pages, it was Ratzinger who wrote in 1987, in the second edition of his Principles of Catholic Theology, that the demolition of bastions in the Church is a long-overdue task. The Church, he declared, must relinquish many of the things that have hitherto spelled security for her, 
and that she has taken for granted she must demolish long-standing bastions and trust solely the shield of faith, unquote. How's that for a resume for restraining the advance of the Antichrist? Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.